0: present The Unbelievable Truth, the panel game built on truth and lies. In the chair, please welcome David Mitchell. Hello and welcome to this lockdown edition of The Unbelievable Truth, the panel show about incredible truths and barely credible lies. I'm David Mitchell. Today I'm joined by four comedians delighted to be able to take part without having to get dressed. It's four of my favourite lockdown laughter makers. Oh, God, (laughs) I've been inside too long. Please welcome Sean Locke, Zoe Lyons, Lucy Porter and Jack Dee. Hello! 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 Hello. (laughs) Uh, Hello all! So, the rules are as follows. Each panellist will present a short lecture that should be entirely false, save for five hidden truths which their opponent should try to identify. Points are scored by truths that go unnoticed, while other panellists can win points if they spot a truth, or lose points if they mistake a lie for a truth. First up is Lucy Porter. Lucy's latest stand-up show was about how she hoped being a brownie as a child would prepare her for anything. (laughs) If only she'd earned her global pandemic badge. (laughs)
1: Lucy, your
0: subject is country and west. Western music, popular vocal music characterized by romantic or melancholy ballads. Before you start, Lucy, let's test our special lockdown buzzers. Lucy goes... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sean goes... Lovely. Zoe? <laughs> nice hotel reception. And
2: Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Jack's the only one making that noise himself.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> A damp palm and an armpit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, please start your lecture, Lucy. Buzzers at the ready, the rest of you.
3: I will. Country and Western music is named after Western Supermare, where it was invented on the third of july nineteen twenty-two. Other popular genres from the area include Mendip Dubstep and Cheddar Cheesy Listening. <laughs> Yes, Zoe. Mendip Dubstep has a ring to
1: it. (laughs) uh, If it doesn't exist... As does your finger. As it does my finger. I'm loving anything with a ring to it. If Mendip Dubstep doesn't exist, and I think it should, but I think it might. It doesn't. Oh, it's such (laughs) a shit. Well, there's a window of opportunity once
2: all of this is over. I'd just like to say that was a very silly challenge, and uh, I hope people are going to take this more seriously.
1: Come on, Mendip up, Sean.
3: Come on. Right, if okay. you don't end in negative numbers, have you really played? That's what no, I think. No, no I see. <laughs> well, the name given to the genre that mixes country music and rap is hip hop.
0: <laughs> Sean. hick hop. Correct.
3: Nice. <laughs> hick
0: hop's a thing.
2: Well done, Sean. You get a point. It feels good. I'm just saying it feels good, guys. Well done, Sean. Good, good well, challenge. Uh, nice, May. Yeah.
3: Country music song titles are always highly distinctive and include I'm Tired and Exhausted, just like my pickup truck. <laughs> you took me out for steak, but you drove it through my heart.
0: <laughs> Sean, you were first there. I think that's uh, true. You took me out for steak, that yeah. one. It's mm. not true. Sounds very <laughs> plausible.
3: I but thought the other one was. What one? The pickup truck. I'm tired and exhausted just like my pickup truck. Yes.
0: That's not true either. Oh, you no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But
3: when you're oh. doing your Mendip oh. dubstep you, yeah. can, you yeah. can use all of these. Like, you can have them. I will give them my to God, you My God, this free. game is hard, just like my life. I mean, that could <laughs> be one, <couldn't> it? <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, not one of Hank Williams, Hank Williams Jr. or Hank Williams III were actually called Hank, while Dolly Parton's real name is, of course, Hank.
4: Yes, I'm going to go for the Hank thing. I'm going to say none of them will call Hank.
3: You're right. Mm-hmm. None of oh. them were called
0: Hank. Not Hank Williams, not Hank Williams Jr., or Hank Williams the third. Mm. Their real names are Hiram Randall and Shelton.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: God, yeah. you'd totally call yourself Hank after that, wouldn't you?
4: <laughs> you know why I guessed? I just thought there's no point in making that up, even. So. <laughs> yeah. I notice she does speed up over truths. I'm just highlighting the other yeah. guys
2: to that, just warning yeah. you.
1: OK, thank you.
2: God. She does it very quickly and goes on to the next thing. Dominic yeah. Raab
0: does the same,
2: I think. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Johnny Cash, whose original first name was Reddy, notoriously performed a number of tough gigs in zoos. He first turned to alcohol abuse after being mauled by a Bengal tiger in Cincinnati Zoo, became addicted to painkillers when he was attacked by an ostrich... <laughs>
0: Sure. The ostrich. You're right. It's really? the ostrich. He's good. Yeah. According wow. to his autobiography, Johnny Cash became addicted to painkillers following an attack by one of the ostriches he kept in an exotic animal park by his house in Tennessee. It's all very mm. Tiger King
3: this. He was the original Tiger King. Yeah.
0: yeah. It broke his two lower ribs and ripped his stomach open down to his belt before Ooh. knocking him over onto his back and breaking three more ribs on a rock. It only ran off after Cash managed to hit it on the leg with a stick. (laughs) So that's quite vicious.
3: In its defence, it was... I think he'd done something to another ostrich and it was defending...
0: What had he done to another ostrich?
3: Stole (laughs) its lyrics.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Broke its heart.
3: Cash's habit for courting disaster did not end there. In 1965, he destroyed over 500 acres of California's Los Padres National Forest, killing 49 rare condors after accidentally dropping his own burning ring of fire.
0: Uh, Zoe?
1: I reckon he did destroy a bit of California with fire, cos he was a
0: bit reckless. You're absolutely right. Uh, Oh, yes! In court, it was alleged that during a fishing trip, Johnny Cash lit a fire which quickly got out of hand, scorching 500 acres of land and roasting to near extinction. That's definitely overcooking. 49 (laughs) of the area's 53 endangered California condors... He was found guilty and fined $82,000.
3: Country music is actually one of the richest areas for musical experimentation and innovation. In 2014, Taylor Swift accidentally released eight seconds of white noise on iTunes, which went to number one in Canada.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes, Sean. I'll go for the um, Taylor
0: Swift. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Due to a glitch in the Canadian version of iTunes, a Taylor Swift song entitled Track 3, which comprised eight seconds of white noise, was accidentally released for download, priced $1.29, and immediately shot to the top of the iTunes chart... (laughs) And
3: in 1978, Willie Nelson began singing a song that is technically still in progress. The Mayans believe that when he finally finishes it, the world will end.
0: Thank you, Lucy. So, Lucy, uh, at the end of that round, you've managed Mm. to smuggle no truths past the rest of the panel, which means you've scored no points. (laughs) Although you did manage to get several points saying some excellent fake country and western music titles, which is going to lead me to read out a list of some real ones because they're funny. (laughs) I'm so miserable without you, it's just like having you around. (laughs) How can I miss you if you won't go away? (laughs) (laughs) She got the gold mine and I got the shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Get your tongue out of my mouth, I'm kissing you goodbye. (laughs) and you're the reason our kids are ugly. Mm. Classic. uh, Anyway, Lucy, that means you've scored no points. Mm. Johnny Cash's estate refused permission for his hit Ring of Fire to be used in a commercial for hemorrhoid cream. The product was eventually marketed using an obscure Cliff Richard B-side called My Anus Is Burning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we turn now to Sean Locke. Sean, your subject is jobs. Paid positions of regular employment. Off you go, Sean.
2: My father used to say, if a job is not worth doing properly, it's not worth doing at all, which is bollocks. I have been handsomely paid for some extremely shoddy workmanship and even been asked back. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be true, Sean, hasn't it? I'm sure I'm not alone. (laughs) Um, No, no, never. Always turn in a professional job, always.
1: Oh, really?
2: Subjective. It's subjective, really, that is. I've never phoned it in. (laughs) Lured you in there. There we are. No points available there, Zoe. No. Uh, No. I've had many jobs, from health and safety officer for the Medellin cartel, to quality control in a Wuhan bat market. That was only a short contract, while the guy that normally does it was off sick. (laughs) The range of job opportunities out there always staggers me. Did you know that high street banks employ people to try and rob them, known as penetration testers? And the British board... Oh, Oh, yes. Zoe, you were first.
1: Mm. I'm going in for penetration tester. Mm -hmm. If that job doesn't exist, I want to make that happen as well.
0: It it does exist. Yeah. 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 Banks hire penetration testers to try and rob them. But these penetration testers aren't traditional bank robbers. They're cyber hackers, employed by the banks to test their computer systems in order to find security vulnerabilities that a real attacker could exploit.
3: I presented an award to penetration testers once at a corporate do. Did you and really? I never stopped finding it funny. And
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: In fairness, neither did the audience. It was, just, it was hours of fun.
0: It is a funny sort of sexual name for a very non-sexual job, isn't it? And Because that... they
3: penetrate the back doors as well. That's their... Oh, their
0: please.
2: <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, the British Board of Film Classification employs someone to sit alongside the censor and shake their heads or tut at inappropriate content. They are called Mary's after Mary Whitehouse. Ah.
4: Ooh, um, Jack? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that that is true, isn't it? They've, um...
0: The tatters has been called Mary's.
4: Yeah, that'd be a good name to give them, I think.
0: It would,
2: but it's, yeah. it's not the case.
4: It doesn't no. happen. It wasn't really a challenge, it was just a suggestion.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't very confident, was it? You barely, it was barely a quack.
4: What, would you prefer a longer quack? <laughs> All right, I'll would try it. and remember that.
2: OK. Anyway. Sean? Sure. Bic? Like that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Fell into my trap, Jack. You fell into my trap. Bic employ a ballpoint taster for the benefit of people who chew the ends of their biros. And NASA employs someone to sniff everything that goes into space. They're known as nasal naughts. I've been fired from many jobs, but it was never my fault. I was a fluffer in the gay porn scene, but Viagra put paid to that career. By 52, I was on the scrap heap.
4: Lucy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know or care whether you were a fluffer in the gay porn scene, but I do believe that Viagra has probably put an end to fluffing as a profession.
0: All I can say is that this is not <laughs> Mark's true on <laughs> I, I don't know. Would Viagra work on the timescale needed if you're hurriedly shooting a porn scene?
2: Well, David, glad you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you were a
1: fluffer,
0: Sean, I hope your fluffer name was Lockard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there such a thing? I think I know there's a porn name, but is there a fluffer name? It's not part of the marketing of a porn film that, who the fluffer was, is it? Yeah, you don't see <laughs> it. <laughs> who fluffed? Oh, this is excellent fluffing work <laughs> that's gone behind the scenes here.
2: I think by the credits of most porn films, people have gone up and gone to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> My great-uncle was a jug merchant, or juggler, as they were known, as they would have to carry so many jugs. His father was an egg merchant, or eggler, as they were called. (laughs) And his father was a pig merchant, or pigler. And his father was a wig merchant, (laughs) or wiggler. Lucy.
3: It's a list, so I feel duty-bound to go for eggler.
2: Well done. Bullseye. No way.
0: Yeah, in the 18th and 19th centuries, an egg dealer was known as an eggler.
2: Freelancers were originally knights who would offer their services to the highest bidder and some of them allowed advertising on their lances. (coughs) Jack.
4: I I like the idea that freelancers were guns for hire in the old days.
0: That's correct. Uh, The word freelancer refers to a medieval knight who'd lost employment with a royal house and offered himself as a mercenary to anyone who'd pay. However, the first use of the word is in Sir Walter Scott's novel, Ivanhoe, published in 1820. So it's probably not the contemporary term from the era when Mm. people really did that.
4: So was Lancelot like just an agency? (laughs) (laughs) Since the
2: lockdown, what people miss most is the sheer fun of the daily commute to work. A recent study found that couples who travelled in the same direction to work were happier than those that went in the opposite direction. And the one that travelled the furthest was likely to be the unhappiest. Lucy.
3: Wow, there's sort of two there, aren't there? Where the couples who travel in the same direction are happier and then the one who travels the furthest is unhappier, which I think would definitely be true.
0: Is that what you're going for?
3: Oh, God. Um,
0: (laughs) There's a lot riding on this.
3: Oh, there is, isn't there? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very confessive. Yeah, I'll yeah. go for that one. I'll go for the, the one longest. that
0: traveled the foot. that's not true.
3: <sighs> All right.
0: What's yes, Lucy. Mm.
3: I'll go for the other one. <laughs> double or quits. Yeah. No, you
0: can't do that, can you? You can do that, but it's not double or quits. It's double negative or quits. Oh, it is, mm. yeah. yeah. So, but you are quits, because that is true. Oh, few. But, you know,
2: you've broken even. <laughs> oh, so you can. You can get choose too and then you, go for just all yeah, of them yeah. slowly. yeah. But obviously, every one you get wrong, you lose a point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I do listen yeah. regularly. <laughs> 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 I was recently asked, what would be my dream job? And I only needed to think about it for a second. I want to be an air steward, because I love the idea of telling people they can't go to the toilet.
0: <laughs>
2: Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. So
0: Sean, at the end of that round you've managed to smuggle one truth past the rest of the panel, which is that NASA employs someone to sniff everything that goes into space who's mm. known as a nasal oh. naught. I
2: thought yeah. that was.
0: Wow. A key. Um, and that means, Sean, you've scored one point. Thank you. Next up is Zoe Lyons. In January this year, Zoe performed in London in a play. If you're listening to a repeat of this show, a play was like 500 people in a room all watching Netflix together. (laughs) But worse... <laughs> Zoe, your subject is sharks, fish characterized by their sharp teeth and pointed dorsal fins, certain species of which are large, voracious, and sometimes dangerous to humans. Off you go, Zoe.
1: Mindful of the negative PR, Shark Island off the coast of Mozambique renamed itself simply Island, while Shark Bay in Australia changed its name to Safety Beach to attract
0: tourists. Ah!
4: Jack. I'm thinking maybe Shark Island has changed its name.
0: It hasn't. No, No. I don't even know if it exists. (laughs)
3: Maybe the other one then is true, that Shark Beach changed its name to Safety Beach.
0: Yes, that's true. Safety oh. Beach near Melbourne was once called Shark Bay due to the proliferation of sharks in its waters.
3: I wouldn't trust a beach called Safety Beach. It's trying too hard, isn't it? It really is, isn't it?
1: I
4: mm. would trust it more than a beach called Shark Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they did it. Mm. You,
0: you really want a more neutral name for a beach <laughs> that's neither protesting too much nor proclaiming jeopardy. Yeah. Stump Beach. Stump Beach. <laughs> 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 Used to
1: have full complement of limbs, Beach. <laughs> more children have been killed by sharks while building sandcastles than swimming in the sea And more people have been killed as a result of children's sandcastles
0: than from shark attacks Oh, that was duck quack and clown horn at the same time I'm going to go clown horn Thank you yeah.
4: Thank you that's the all right. It's, one, it's good to go for that the was. second noise, isn't it, always?
2: Was it your interpretation that it was the second noise, Jack?
4: Obviously, it's... I'm favouring myself because I am the quacker.
2: Do you know what? Oh. Because, because I've actually changed a lot of my views, my philosophies have changed during lockdown. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to let Jack have that. I
0: think this, is I think this is great. I think this is a sign that become we Become a lot more spiritual. As, so. as <laughs> a, it, humanity's <laughs> moving forward, isn't it?
4: They say one thing is for sure, it's never going to go back to how it was before. Yeah. <laughs> and we've lost Sean Locke, we've lost something about him that, was, you know, that we liked, and that you knew he was a bastard, and now that's changed. Yes. Jack, yeah, okay. the I think it was the sandcastles. More people killed by the sandcastles than sharks. That's correct, yes. Mm.
0: Since 1990, 16 people in the US have been killed by sandcastles and the holes and tunnels made in their construction, more crucially, while only 12 have been killed by
4: sharks. Well, I feel I should share that point with Sean in some way. No, no, you have it. You need, we we it.
0: don't have that level of computing you technology pick. available
4: to <laughs> us. <so. laughs>
1: It has been proved that sharks can smell fear in the water from 15 miles away. If confronted by a shark, the best way to attempt to repel it are to curl up into a ball and pretend to be a giant poisonous puffer fish or the best method, which is to kill another shark, wait for about a week for it to decompose and then wave a lump of its rotting flesh at the oncoming shark as a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Lucy,
3: you were definitely ahead
0: there. Uh, Well, uh, okay. Yeah.
3: Sharks can smell from 15 miles away. Was what I was hooting for.
0: Smell fear it, from 15 miles away.
3: Oh no, that's not no. Yeah.
0: No, maybe no. I don't know. Maybe something like blood.
3: Blood. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't listen properly.
0: Well, luckily I wasn't yeah. going for that.
3: Oh. What well, I was I going for was, go for for well, was the okay. curling
0: up into a ball. No, that's not true either. No, oh. Jack. I think you buzzed as well. Do you want to guess for anything? Uh, no thanks. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Zoe, <laughs> carry on. Moving on. on? Yeah. <laughs> The hammerhead shark is so-called
1: because of its love of DIY. It has a spirit-level-like-filled pouch between its eyes so it can tell if it's swimming in the straight line. Lucy.
3: I'll have that. It's got a spirit level inside it. No. Not true. (laughs) Sounds plausible. (laughs) Just
0: swims along normally with a weird-shaped head.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Bull sharks are also called land sharks because of their ability to walk on their fins up to half a kilometre from water to attack prey.
0: Lucy,
3: <laughs> no, I really shouldn't. What? Should I? I've gone absolutely mad. What, what are
2: you about? You're like in a casino just throwing your chips away. <laughs> so These points don't mean anything to you, Lucy. Mm.
3: <laughs> well, I got nothing through on my lecture, so it has become just a, I've right. spiraled into yeah. despair and, and recklessness. Um, bull sharks can walk on their <laughs> fins. <laughs>
0: they can walk up to <laughs> half of I mean uh, we wouldn't be safe in central London <laughs> 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 with them elbowing their way along <laughs> <laughs> snap snap snap
3: well have you been into central London lately yeah. I haven't it uh, might be full to the brim with bull sharks yeah. I've got no oh, idea yeah. that's why people put up those little child gates in
1: their house isn't it
0: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that's not true I'm no it's clearly not yeah. is it <laughs> Zoe
1: Items found inside a shark's stomach include a Mini Cooper, a complete set of encyclopedias, a chicken coop with chickens, a complete Honda outboard motor still running and a two-seater leather sofa.
3: It just would be remiss not to pick one. (laughs) And the one I'm going to go for is an outboard motor still running. No, that's not
2: true. Good try. Sean. What to go for? Go for the sofa, Sean. <laughs> Go for the sofa. What about the chickens?
3: If you don't want the chicken coop, I might have it.
2: <laughs> you have it, Lucy. Oh, <laughs> you have it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
2: yours. Uh, are you buzzing, Lucy?
3: Yes, I will. Buzzing yes. on the
0: chicken coop with chickens. Yes. The chicken coop with chickens is true.
2: <laughs> oh, God, I knew it. Yeah, your, your, your <laughs> losing streak
0: <laughs> is ending. A tiger shark caught off the coast of Florida was discovered to have an entire chicken coop with chickens in its stomach.
1: Sharks can suffer from the common cold, and the basking shark is a
0: martyr to hemorrhoids. It- Jack.
4: I'm going to say uh, that the, the sharks can get a cold. No, they mm. can't. They, yeah. In
0: fact, they are apparently amazingly resilient to disease. Mm. Uh, one of the few they're known to suffer from is viral dermatitis, which is a type of herpes.
4: Mm. Yeah. be bad if you got attacked by a shark and you survived, but then found out you got herpes from it. <laughs> That would be double, you know, you think, oh, I'm lucky, and then, no, I'm not, I'm not so lucky.
3: You'd have to contact all the other sharks that had bitten you and warn them.
4: (laughs) The
1: tiger shark fights infection with the aid of its internal disinfectant, and the Greenland shark can live for up to 500 years in the icy northern waters due to the high levels of antifreeze in its blood.
4: Jack. I'm going to say that the tiger shark can fight infection with its sort of internal equivalent of a disinfectant. No. No. no, I've been listening to Donald Trump. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Zoe.
0: So, Zoe, at the end of that round, you've managed to smuggle two truths past the rest of the panel, which are that a way of repelling sharks is by waving a lump of rotting flesh from its dead relative as a warning. Rotting shark flesh is an excellent shark repellent. And the second truth is that the Greenland shark can live up to 500 years due to the high levels of antifreeze in its blood. What? Apparently they only reach sexual maturity at the age of 150.
1: Oh, me too. Oh.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, that means Zoe, uh, you've scored two points. If you're attacked by a shark, you should fight back while maintaining full eye contact. I'm going to file that under easier said than done. <laughs> it's now the turn of Jack D. Jack recently decided to step back from television to focus more on playing to packed houses around the country. Oops. Jack, your subject is the 1970s, a decade of social, historical and economic change which incorporates the years from 1970 to 1979. Off you go, Jack.
4: Of course, most celebrities from the 70s are now in prison. However, one who escaped is Bill Gates, who was eventually granted freedom of the city of Brisbane because he came up with the name The Bee Gees whilst working there as a DJ. Until then, The Bee Gees were going to call themselves the By Joves, as a tribute to Ken Dodd, who was Morris Gibbs' favourite comedian. <laughs> Speaking of music, the electronic synthesiser really took off in popularity when Yes! keyboardist Rick Wakeman used a Roland Soundmaster on a TV commercial for Curly Whirlies.
2: Sean. I was going to say he did an advert for Curly Whirlies.
4: No, he didn't. Ooh. Another thing about Rick Waitman in the 70s is that he would only fly American Airlines. The reason? Because their 747s had piano lounges with jacuzzis where they gave out free chocolate. Sure.
2: Rick Waitman would only fly with American Airlines. That's not true. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just shoot myself in the face. <laughs>
4: Iconic 70s toy, the Space Hopper, was called variously the Hoppity Bopper, the Boppity Hopper, the Hippity Hop, the Spacity Spacey, and the Moonball. <laughs> By now, you're probably thinking, what was your favorite toy in the 70s, Jack? Well, since you ask, it was the Rubik Cube. Mind you, that's no surprise, as at one time, at least 20% of the Earth's population was twisting and turning themselves into fits of frustration, trying to solve the wretched thing.
0: Zoe.
1: I think maybe 20% of the world's population did have one, because everybody had at least one.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right. And at the peak of the Rubik's Cube craze, an estimated one-fifth of the world's population had played with one.
1: I never mastered it either. The only way I could get it done was peeling off the stickers and putting them all back on again in the right
0: (laughs) order. I could do one side, and I found that was enough for me.
1: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, I always used to think the point was to get them as random as possible. (laughs) Because <laughs> when you buy it, it's all complete, isn't it? Anyway. Mess it something. up. Yeah. Mm. And only 0.0001% ever solve the Rubik's Cube, which is in itself weird, considering there are something like 43 quintillion actual solutions, or 43 quintillion and one solutions, if you include throwing it in the bin and screaming out of your bedroom window. The Rubik's Cube is no longer my favourite toy, and God, I wish the 70s would end. Well, (laughs) one day, they probably will.
0: Thank you, Jack. And at the end of that round, Jack, you've managed to smuggle four truths. Wow. 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 Which are that Bill Gates came up with the name The Bee Gees whilst working as a DJ in Brisbane. Uh, However, this wasn't the Microsoft Bill Gates, but a Brisbane DJ of the same name who discovered the band after an introduction from a Speedway promoter called Bill Good. The name derived from the initials BG, shared by Bill Gates, Bill Good and Barry Gibb. The second truth is that 747s had piano lounges. In the early 70s, American Airlines had a piano lounge in the rear of their 747s. Didn't I challenge that? You said that Rick Wakeman would only travel American Airlines, which
2: was something Jackson... Oh, yeah, Jackson... I, I meant because the piano lounge. Was, oh, I see. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he showed no preference oh, I think to that's a bit harsh.
0: <laughs> what? You don't get Rob. points for buzzing
2: near true things. Right. That's s- a different show. What show is that called?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nearly unbelievable true. Yeah. yeah,
2: That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The third truth that Jack smuggled is that the space hopper was known also as the hippity hop. And the fourth truth is that there are something like 43 quintillion actual Ah. solutions to the Rubik's Cube. And that means, Jack, you've scored four points. Well, well done, mate. Well mm. done. Which brings us to the final <laughs> scores. In fourth place with minus four oh. points, yes, we have yeah. Lucy Porter. Yeah. In third place with minus two points, it's Sean Locke. In second place with no points, it's Jack D. And in first place with an unassailable one point, it's this week's winner, oh. Zoe Lyons. Oh wow. That's one about point. it for this week. Goodbye. <laughs> The Unbelievable Truth was devised by John Naismith and Graham Garden and featured David Mitchell in the chair with panellists Jack Dee, Sean Locke, Zoe Lyons and Lucy Porter. The chairman's script was written by Dan Gaster and Colin Swash and the producer was John Naismith. It was a random production for BBC Radio 4.